Welcome back to the EMG podcast and Happy New Year, everyone. I'm back with our very own Louise Rogers again. Hi, Louise. Hi, how are you doing? Happy New Year. Oh, thanks. <laughs> did, you have a, did you have a good New Year's I Eve? I did, I did. Fantastic. Um, well, today I really wanted to go over uh, some of the trends that people are potentially predicting for pharma in 2019. Yeah, I think that sounds good and very fitting. And um, I think in that case, we should start by talking about the HCP. All right, I'm listening. Okay, so I was reading this health report, which was recently released by Seniors Health. And it, something it reported, which I found quite interesting, was how HCPs are changing. Mm-hmm. Or let's say they're becoming rewired. Mm-hmm. Physicians are now speaking up about how they feel they're losing their autonomy and control. There are a lot less private practices due to cost pressures, meaning that physicians are becoming employees of larger group practices and therefore gives them less freedom of their prescribing choices. Mm -hmm. They're essentially moving from independent experts to directed employees. Now, because of this, more physicians are reporting that they're becoming overwhelmed and unhappy. I think the report stated that over 40% were burned out and some 15 were actually depressed. Wow. And consequently, what is coming to light is the impact this has on the patients themselves. Doctors are more likely to be involved in unprofessionalism, patient safety incidences, a lower patient satisfaction report. So then if we take this back to pharma, pharma alleviating this burden from a commercial perspective will require that they adapt to their customers' needs. Currently, the sales force in pharma still focuses on drug promotion, how it works, adverse events, and the ways in which patients get access. However, now, moving into 2019, they need to have a greater awareness of what's going on around them and what's happening with their stakeholders. Absolutely. And I guess it's about putting yourself in the shoes and aligning with the customer. Uh, Because, yeah, information is coming to the doctors every day at an endless rapid stream. So when targeting your communications, it's about making that information easier to take in and also doing it in the right way, in the right channel. Um, Now, I think we spoke about this on our last podcast, but this includes ways of making long form content into something more digestible, like cutting videos down into shorter snippets, etc., Yeah, I mean, people's attention spans are changing. Mm -hmm. People are, I don't know, maybe becoming a little bit more impatient. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And we like to receive our information in a multitude of forms, I guess. Um, Keeps it interesting. Another topic for 2019, which keeps coming up, and I'm sure is set to provoke conversations, is what talent will look like in Mm. 2019. Mm -hmm. If we take the marketing function, people are increasingly saying that there will be a higher demand for individuals who can access, translate, and take action on data and then generate a conversation around it. Um, A recent study by Healthcare Executive Group found that the biggest challenge for healthcare leaders in 2018 is leveraging clinical and data analytics. Mm -hmm. But moving forward with more and more data production, everyone in pharma will need to know how to make data-driven decisions. Maybe not have a complete understanding of the complexities, but I think employers will have to appreciate the importance of evidence. So if we take clinical teams, for example, that might mean being able to tell a doctor how a particular patient is most likely to respond to the treatment or suggesting what remaining questions need to be answered in a clinical trial design, for example. Mm. For commercial teams, it could mean simple redirection for frontline teams, like answering 
How do I best communicate with this practice? Yeah, I guess that does make sense. And I think something else which will shape talent in pharma in the, is the kind of industry shift and evolution in products towards rare disease specialized mm-hmm. therapies. Um, so to effectively bring these new high science therapies to market, I guess a sales force needs to become more specialized uh, when they are talking or dealing with these different stakeholders and clinical specialists, which requires a higher level of fluency in certain therapeutic areas, I assume. No, absolutely. So, and there's no doubt that commercial functions will have to become more specialized. Pharma have already started to do this, mm-hmm. but it'll definitely continue in 2019. That includes actually hiring specialism reimbursement. Taking it back to the HCP, this will ultimately help the HCPs find their way in this new era of reimbursement and teach effective and efficient paths to accessing new drugs. And I guess this is because healthcare as a whole is increasingly looking beyond efficacy and safety and more at longer term outcomes such as reducing hospital readmissions. Uh, So it's aligning the workforce to what is important for customers. Exactly. Awesome. So one last trend in 2019 uh, that I wanted to mention is launches. Um, In the Seniors Health Report that you mentioned earlier, they call this the rewiring launch. Um, So for example, patent expiry. So between 2018 and 2025, uh, branded drugs worth over $250 billion in sales are going to see their patents expire. And there are currently 7,000 products in the pipeline. But for the industry, the odds of a compound passing all developmental stages through clinical stages, all the way to achieving commercial success is below 3%. So therefore, maximizing uh, the potential of these products, um, I guess to maximize the potential of these products, sorry, the launch success is the number one priority, I assume. So According to research in the area, the risk uh, or reward balance is changing massively, meaning there is a shift towards preparing markets to meet their potential. Um, And again, research from seniors showed not a single pharma company out of 19 surveyed who spent less than 75% of their launch year forecast revenue a year before launch achieved a successful launch, which is which is crazy. Um, so by not spending that money, potentially, companies are under-investing and preparing the market for their launch. Okay, so essentially what you're saying by under-preparing, their customers don't appreciate the unmet need, they don't understand the disease, and aren't ready for the cost and possibilities of new drugs. Yeah, maybe. I'm, I'm not an expert, but I assume so. So I guess that relearning launch is a purposeful investment to get a clear return. And just one last thing... I'd like to know off the back of this is the dynamics of commercial decision making in the C-suite. People are speculating that because of the shift in decision making from clinical to value differentiation, a different category other than the chief marketing officer could be in the commercial decision making position, notably the chief medical position. With medical affairs evolving role, those experts are engaging payers, practices, Mm. advocates and even patients giving them potentially the most comprehensive view of the scientific and support needs of all stakeholders. Importantly, they're also the most direct bridge to clinical teams, fueling patient-centering information and evidence development. So the position of CMO is one to watch, eh? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And it's one that we talk about quite a lot. I mean, medical affairs teams, chief medical officers, all of those positions or or people on functions in general are people that we talk about quite a lot in in gold, don't we? So um, certainly one to look out for. All right, well, that's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining me uh, in the first episode for 2019, Louise. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for tuning in again. And again, I hope all of you had a lovely start to the new year and we'll see you again next week.